0: Welcome to the College Football Pod. This is our fourth episode. We'll be doing the Pac-12. I'm Ben.
1: I'm Milan. I'm Dobie. And I'm John.
0: All right, we'll start with the North. I got Oregon State at six. Uh, losing Jake Luton at quarterback. Uh, Tristan Gabia and Chance Nolan will probably battle that out for the starting spot. I mean, you bring back Jamar, Jamar Jefferson to, uh, I mean, he'll man the run game. And uh Trayvon Bradford, Champ Flemings, and Ty John Lindsay who will be uh probably pretty solid for the receiving core. I just think there's a lot of holes and I mean the defense did I mean they they improved. Uh I just I don't know. I think the six and the six spot and the five spot between Stanford's really just gonna go down to it. But I I see Oregon at four and eight. Oregon State at four and eight. Yeah, I have them at 4-8
2: too. Their defense was actually not that bad last year. and Compared to 2018, improved by, uh, I think it was 1.35 yards per play, which is actually really good for a defense. And they don't lose a lot. I mean, I still have them at 6 just because I don't really trust their offense. Because, you know, you lose Luton and you lose Hodgins and those are two big guys and you lose your tag. You lose your entire left side of your offensive line and Brandel and Lavaca. So, um, I don't really trust whoever wins between Gabia and Chase Nolan. I don't like. I don't think they're gonna be good. Um, they get Jamar Jefferson back uh, in that backfield, and yeah, the two guys, the guys you mentioned in the wide receiving court, they're gonna be they're gonna be important. But I don't trust anybody. Jay Gluten wasn't really that bad. Um, oh fair, yeah, he had fairly, a solid year. fairly decent draft prospect. Um, yeah, I just don't trust any quarterback. But their defense is pretty good, and could you know, I had them at four and eight, but if if they their defense steps up again. I can see them winning five or even maybe six games, but uh, that might be a stretch.
3: Yeah, I have uh, I have them at five, actually, at five and seven, just because, yeah, they lose some guys on offense, but um they keep Jamar Jefferson, who's pretty good. And their defense was pretty good last year, and I think they get even, like, uh, a little bit better. So, I have them five and seven.
1: Yeah, I've got Oregon State at six also. I just don't trust whoever wins the quarterback battle between – Tristan to be in Chance Nolan to lead them to a record 500 or over. So I've got them at four and eight.
0: All right. I'll uh, we'll move on to five. I have Stanford. Uh, I just think they lost a lot of guys in the transfer portal,
2: losing record
0: last season. It's just a recipe for disaster for Stanford. I mean, you get Davis Mills as the probable starter, and he, he showed a lot of promise, but I just think there's a lot of holes on that offense. I mean, a couple positives is they bring back uh, the receiving trio, Michael Wilson, Simi Faheco, and Oscar St. Brown. And they also returned Paulson Ebeo, who passed on the NFL, and he'll come back to school for another year. But I, I just think that defense, I, they let up 6.3 yards per play last season. I, I mean, they could definitely get six wins, but I think five and seven for them
2: yeah at, at five i have washington state i just think i think stanford's just a little bit better and i trust like their quarterback play and their offensive play a little bit more um anthony gordon statistically um when we looked at it during the draft it was insane last year like insane yeah. like it was a wow. losing losing him is gonna be tough, losing though. him is really tough and whoever wins that quarterback between Gunnar Cruz and camon uh cooper and um their incoming freshmen i just they're not i don't think they're going to be able to repeat what what, what wasn't like 55 touchdowns and like over 5000 yards it was insane um their defense took a step back last year and i, I really i think that's going to continue going into this year um they lose marcus strong which is a big loss but um this they have they have some good wide receivers that they get back i just i think the loss of anthony gordon is a lot bigger than and people think, and um, even though they get, they get some wide receivers back, they still lose three of their pretty good wide receivers. So I don't see them winning over five games this year. I got them at five and seven.
3: Yeah, I agree with Ish. Losing Anthony Gordon's huge, and um, they're going to have a new head coach. So I just don't really see him having a good year. So I have them last uh, with four or five wins.
1: Yeah, I'm with Toby and Alana. I think the Anthony Gordon loss is one of the biggest losses in the Pac-12. And they also lost um, their top three wide receivers. I think that's going to prove to be a huge loss. Um, I I just don't think they're going to be a great team. I don't think their defense will be great either. So I've got them fifth in the North at five and seven.
0: Yeah, I actually, well, I have Washington State at four, but I actually have them at the same record as Stanford. I have them okay. at five and seven. I, I I mean, I think Nick Rolovich, I I think that's a really underrated hire after losing Mike Leach. And, Mike Leach had a really big pass-first offense. That's why Anthony Gordon had all those great stats. And then you bring in Nick Rolovich, who has more of a run-first type uh, play call. And, I mean, you bring in you bring back Max Borgie, who had 11, 111 total yards per game, and I just think he'll make that next step in at, like, the running back position and just make another – he'll be a lot better. And, yeah, I think for them – I think same similar record for Stanford with Stanford. I think five and seven, maybe six and six. But I think losing, they have a lot of losses, so probably five and seven. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I have Stanford at six and six. The, their only huge offensive guy they lost. Well, not I wouldn't even say huge, but their only um you know somewhat big offensive guy they lost was the tight end Colby Parkinson. Who I mean he was pretty good last year. Uh, I don't think he got drafted, but he probably got picked up by somebody. Um, they also lost some guys to the transfer portal, like like Ben said. But uh, I, I think David Mills is a pretty solid quarterback. I think he's up and coming and can have a pretty decent year. And Walker Little is a really, really good tackle. He's, he'll probably go um, decently high in the draft when, when he's eligible. And um, they have a really good wide receiver trio to help out Mills. And I think I think that, that offense will be pretty good. And that defense gets a boost with um, Paulson Adebo guy coming back. Um, so uh, that was a surprise for them. Uh, yeah, their defense kind of wasn't great last year with six point three yards per play. But if they can improve that to you know five point eight to five point nine, that can be a you know I trust their offense enough that if their defense can be even solid, that they'll have a you know six and six record and make a bowl game.
3: Yeah, no, I agree with Ish. I have uh, them six and six too. I think David David Mills is pro- promising. And then they also – uh, they return most of their O-line to protect them. And then he's going to be able to throw to their top three receivers that they um, return, who are a solid trio. And and like Ben said, Analon, I mean, the defense wasn't good last year, but I think they can improve. And I think Stanford will bounce back and make a bowl game.
1: Yeah, I've got Stanford at 6-6 six and six here too. And going back to Washington State, like Ben said, I do like the head coaching hire but I just think it's a sizable downgrade from Mike Leach. So I think that that is a huge part of what um, boosts Stanford over Washington State. And I think something people fail to realize with Stanford is they had a very poor offensive line last year, but they had a lot of bad luck with injuries. And they returned that whole line, and if that offensive line can stay healthy, they'll be able to have an above-average offensive line, which is a huge upgrade from their below-average offensive line last year. So I've got them at 6-6. and
0: All right, uh, we'll move on to three. I think this – I have Cal. I think they have a. – they're one of the most underrated teams in the Pac-12, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, they're an eight-and-five team. That's bringing back a – that's bringing back a really good defense. I mean, you lose two key guys in Evan Weaver and Ashton Davis, but you turn all the other starters on defense, basically, and you get Chase Garbers with another year. You bring – a lot of weapons around him, and Christopher Brown, Nico Remigio, Mackay Polk. I, I mean, that offense that struggled a lot last season. I mean, I think they're going to improve. I think they'll be an eight and four team.
2: Yeah, um, at three, I have Washington. I, they just they at every single offensive position they downgraded. At like quarterback, they downgraded. Tight end, they downgraded. Wide receiver, they downgraded. Tackle, they downgraded. Running back, they downgraded. Um, they'll have a quarterback battle between. uh Donovan, Ethan, and Sirman, but um, I really don't think they're going to be anything near Jacob Eason level. Jacob Eason was pretty good, went fourth round for a reason. They have a pretty good defensive core, but as I said, a lot of their offense is gone, and they didn't replace it very well, and they, they have a fairly tough schedule. I still think they're a good team. Um, I just don't think, I think Cal's a little bit better, so I, I, have, um, I have them at eight and four.
3: Yeah, I have Washington three too, just because they lose Jacob Eason. They lose their number one tight end, number one wide receiver. They lose their center. And I think one of their biggest losses is losing uh, Selvin Ahmad, who ran for um, 1,000 yards last year. So I think that's a huge loss. Uh, The defense, I mean, I think they'll be pretty good, but I don't. The offense, like Ish said, just downgrades. So I have them three.
1: Yeah, I have Washington 3-2. I think the loss of Chris Peterson, at head coach, will be huge. I think he was one of the better coaches in the nation, and we'll have to see how well Lake can replace him. But um, I agree with what Alon and Doe were saying about how they just have too many losses on offense. They have to fill a hole everywhere. And um, even if their defense, I I expect their defense to have a very good season because they returned most of the defense that was already good. I just don't think they'll have a good offense because they had too many big losses this offseason.
0: All right. I'll move on to two. I have Washington. Again, I think this is another situation where I have two uh, teams with the same record. I have them at eight and four as well. Uh, I mean, revamped coaching staff. Uh, they're really just trying to get back to where they used to be a couple years ago, where they were a top 10 team, top team in the Pac 12. But, I mean, right now, they're definitely not at that point. Uh, Garber, Sermon, and Morris will probably battle for that job. Uh, I mean, I, I just think they have a really, really good defensive core. I think bringing back Levi on Wazukri is really good. You bring back Elijah Molden, Joe Tryon, Ryan Bowman, Adepun, Alokishio. And I mean, yeah, again, eight and four. I think that's just defensive core is really good and yeah, I like I like that defense.
2: Yeah, like what you said about Cal earlier, how they're one of the more underrated teams, but I think they're even more underrated than you think. And I, I have them at nine and three. I just think like the the addition of Bill Musgrave is really important to a team like that who has experience in the highest level of football and um, you get guys back like Brown and Remigio and Polk on the outside as receivers, and Garbers ended the year. Garbers in that defense ended the year really well. So if they can build on that into this season, they can have a good team. Um, my biggest concern is their offensive line, which was which was bad last year, let up forty six sacks. But they get a lot of players back, and if that's for the better, the worse we'll have to see. Um, I think they can if they can improve that. To you know, even thirty, thirty-five, which is still pretty bad, but even there, uh, I, I trust Garbers, who I think is an underrated quarterback and who's actually like one of the better ones in the Pac-12.
0: Oh yeah, I definitely think they could be a nine and three, number two in the number two
3: in the North. Yeah.
0: I just think right now, I I see them as a the number three team, but they could definitely get to that mm-hmm. point.
3: Yeah, I have Cal nine and three at two, just because, I mean, their defense. They've always been pretty good, and I think they'll, uh, they'll be good again this year. And the offense in the past has struggled, but I think they take a step forward this year, so I think they can win nine games.
1: Yeah, I have Cal at nine 9-3 too. Um, I think my biggest concern with them is their offense, but I agree with Alon that I think Musgrave is a huge hire, and his NFL experience should be able to help their struggling offense. And although their offensive line has been pretty weak the past couple of years, they returned their whole offensive line. So we should be able to see some slight improvement there. And I think their defense will be very good this year as it's been a top defense in the PAC 12 the last couple of years. And they only lose linebacker, Evan Weaver and safety Ashton Davis. So returning most of their defense will be huge. And I've got them in
2: nine and three. I think losing Ashton Davis is actually a bigger loss than some people think that guy had an absolute field day against Justin Herbert in, uh, Oregon's game against Cal, and I think that guy is an absolute stud. So we'll have to see how well he plays at the next level. Yeah, definitely. All
0: right, we'll move on to number one, Oregon. I think it's pretty obvious; they just have a lot, a lot of talent across the board here. Uh, I mean, losing Jer- Jer- Justin Herbert and four O line starters will not be easy at all. But I just think there's so much, there's so much talent there. CJ Verdell back. I mean, Tyler Show, a lot of people have been saying this guy has shown a lot and could definitely come in and lead this offense. I mean, you get Panay Sewell, who's definitely the mo- the best tackle in the nation back. You have a dominant defense Noah Sewell and Justin Flo. And then they're, they're secondary. I mean, with Javon Holland, Thomas Graham, Michael Wright. Not to mention, you get Kayvon Thibodeau back, who just had a great end of the last season. And. I mean, I would say ten and two, just because there's a lot of question marks on the offense. You could see this team going eleven and one.
2: Yeah, I have them at ten and two also, and yeah, their defense getting Thibodeau, who, or Thibodeau back who was really good last year. Um, yeah, Pinay Sewell, who was, I agree with you, best tackle in the nation. Is re- he's really good, and CJ Verdell is really good on that offensive side. Yeah, quarterback is a big concern, but a lot. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I really don't like Herbert's game a lot and a lot of what he did was based off you know play calls and I know they just brought in uh Joe Moorehead, but a lot of their play calls last year were like easy reads easy screens um dumps a lot of that stuff I didn't I don't think Herbert really made that offense as good as people think he did so I think um if it's Anthony Brown who ends up that the transfer who ends up becoming the quarterback I think he'll can still do a good job and Losing, you know, they lost a lot of their own line, but Sewell, you know, best tackle. Um, losing Troy Dye is not good. That, that'll, be, that'll be a big loss. But, yeah, I just I don't think Herbert is really that good. I, I touched on it earlier about um, Ashton Davis and him just absolutely having a clinic against Herbert. So I think as long as they can have consistent quarterback play, people that can, you know, quarterback that can make the throws, they can be a 10-2 or maybe even an 11-1 team.
3: Yeah, um, like Ben said, losing Herbert and four um starting alignment is uh really tough on the offense, but since CJ Verdell's back, I think he's really gonna step up this year. I mean, they had a great recruiting class and their defense I think will look really good this year, so I think uh they can win at least ten games, if not eleven.
1: Yeah, yeah I've got him at ten and two. I think you guys touched on basically everything. Obviously some concerns at quarterback and on their offensive line. But I think they're just more talented than any Pac-12 team, and they'll be able to easily stay atop of the North and go probably 10-2 and
0: or 11-1. All right, uh, let's move on to the South. Uh, at six, I have Colorado. I mean, you leave Steven Montez, two O lineman, LaVisca Chendall, Tony Brown. I mean, that's only on offense. Then defensively, you lose Davion Taylor, Michael O'Neal, Delrick Adams, and I mean that's a defense. I let over six po- six yards per play last season. I mean you also lose your head coach. I There's just a lot there. I I think three and nine for them.
2: Yeah, they're bad and got a lot worse with losing Lavisca Shalon and Tony Brown, who are and Stephen Montes, who are their star players, and finally get to talk about a Bears guy in Arlington Hambright who uh, who leaves. He uh, guard. Who I mean. I guess he was he was pretty solid for that offensive line, but even then, that offensive line wasn't really good. Uh, yeah, they they just got a lot worse, and we're already a bad team. I have them at three and nine, also. Yeah, I have the same
3: same thing. I mean, they just got worse. They didn't make any improvements. I mean, they were what five and eight or five and seven last year. So, I mean, if you don't make any improvements, I think they'll just be worse. Three and nine.
1: Yeah, I think this team's gonna be tough to watch. They were already <laughs> bad last year. They lost their only firepower on offense and their only consistent defensive players, along with their head coach. I've got them at 3-9. and
0: All right, uh, We'll move on to 5. I have Arizona. Uh, I mean, Grant Gunnell showed a lot of promise as a freshman. Mm -hmm. And then you also return Gary Brightwell, Nathan Tilford, Bam Smith, Michael Wiley. I mean, you try to make up for the loss of Khalil Tate. I mean, he, he did a lot on offense. I think he was a more underrated player in last year. Last year in the Pac-12, uh, you, move, you get a lot of your old back, but I think there's a lot of holes on defense, especially losing Jace Whitaker. Uh, I mean, you return Colin Shuler, who's solid who had 98 tackles last season. Um, you're, they're going to have to make a push. Uh, I think five and seven for them.
2: Yeah, you touched on a lot of it. Um, losing Jace Whitaker and Quill Tate is not good for a team that was already not good, but that those are their only big losses, but again, they let up 35.8 points per game last year and didn't really improve on defense. So I just like I don't see how you win with a team like that. Um, even if their offense gets better, which I don't see how it does without Khalil Tate, I just I don't see them it's a good team at all. So I have them at four and eight. Um, I have them five
3: and seven. I think Grant Gunnell can be pretty good, and they also return. Uh, they returned four starting running backs, which is good. The O line stays intact pretty much. And uh they lose one of the receivers, but I think uh the offense will look okay. Uh and then the defense, they weren't that good last year. They don't lose that much. I think they'll look okay too. They return uh um Colin Stroller, who had ninety eight tackles last year, which is pretty impressive. But I don't think they'll be that good, so just five and seven.
1: Yeah, I've got Arizona, too. I think their offense will be able to will them to four or five wins, as I think Grant Gunnell will be a pretty cu- good QB le- next year, and they didn't lose too many we- weapons around him. But defensively, they're just they're going to be one of the worst defenses in the Pac-12, and that's going to lose them the majority of their games. So I've got them at four and
0: eight. All right, uh, I'll move on to number four. I have UCLA. Um I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated players in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. He had 2,899 total yards and 25 overall scores in 2019. And, I mean, they lose their leading rusher in Joshua Kelly. But you return an all-purpose player, uh, Dimitri Felton, and, you're, and you return uh, Kyle Phillips, who's pretty good. I mean, they, I mean, I think they have one of the easiest schedules in the Pac-12, in my opinion. I think they go 6-6 six and six and make a bowl game.
2: Yeah, I agree. I have them at 6-6 six and six also. Their defense really isn't that good. But um, as you said, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a pretty underrated good quarterback and, uh, you know, can show strides this year and gets help with Kyle Phillips. But, um UCLA does lose guys like Joshua Kelly, who was a really good running back, and Devin Asiasi, who was a good tight end. So replacing those guys will be important for that offense because their offense needs to be good because their defense was pretty bad last year and didn't didn't get too much better, allowed 34.8 points per game, which, I mean, you're just not going to win with that very consistently. So if... As you said, they have an easy schedule, so they got to win all those easy games, and then win a win a couple tougher ones. And but I think they definitely can and go six and six. It just depends on if that defense is you know able to help out the offense.
3: Yeah, I think they'll go six and six too. Uh, losing Joshua Kelly, uh, who ran for over a thousand yards last year, is a big loss. But uh, Dorian, Dorian Thompson Robinson, I think he's pretty good, and he's going to have some weapons to throw to that return, and uh, the defense, they return a good amount of experience up front and in the secondary, but they're going to have to uh, rebuild their linebacker unit.
1: Yeah, I've got UCLA at 4-2. I just don't trust their defense. Um, they had a horrible year last year defensively, and they return most of their defense, but they don't really have any great players on their defense, so I don't see their defense being much better than it was last year. And I like Dorian Thompson Robinson a lot, but I think the losses of Joshua Kelly and Devin Asiasi are pretty big, so I've got him at 6-6. Six and six.
0: All right, I'll uh, move on to three. I have the Utes, Utah. Uh, I mean, losing Tyler Honley and Zach Moss will not be easy, but I, I think bringing in Jake Bentley was really good. You uh, you get Brent Kuth back. And I think that offense will be solid, but defensively they just they have a lot of losses. You lose Francis Bernard, Jalen Johnson, Julian Blackman, Brandy Brandley Annae and Cha- John Penzinki Penzin and uh Leaky foe too and there's just so many holes. Uh I think seven and five for them.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I have them at seven and five, and I think Bentley can be close to what um Huntley was, but losing Zach Moss is pretty big. But even then, they have they have a pretty good offense. But, um, losing Jalen Johnson was was really really big for a team like that who needs their star guy in the secondary. And yeah, I'm gonna talk a little bit about Jalen Johnson because I really like him. Um, I think he was the second best cornerback in this draft. I think if he doesn't get injured, he gets taken before CJ Henderson. I think he's a really good cornerback. Um, he's got all the tools to help out a team like this. And losing him and losing guys like Bradley on the, are really, really big for a team who now won't be able to generate pass rush and won't be able to cover as well. So, um, still have them at seven and five because I think their offense will be pretty good, but their defense lost a lot, and you know it's gonna it's gonna be tough. So they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to play well on both sides of the ball um, in order to be competitive, but I think their offense is gonna have to carry that defense.
3: Yeah, I think the defense will not be good this year. Um, but I mean, I think if Jake Bentley and the offense can step up, they can definitely win seven games. So uh, I have them seven to five, but I could also see him going six and six.
1: Yeah, I've got Utah at seven and five too. I just don't. Their defense is gonna be. They have too many holes to fill at every spot and I think their offense will be pretty good with Bentley and they have they return four linemen and um and a couple decent weapons for Bentley but I just don't think that defense is going to be any good so I've got them at seven and five all
0: right at number two I have Jaden Daniels basically Jaden Daniels uh it's true. That's basically their whole <laughs> team for ASU. Uh, he threw for 2,943 yards and 17 touchdowns. And not to mention 350 on the ground and three to- and three run- rushing touchdowns. Uh, I mean, you have Dan- uh, Daniel Nagata and DeMonte Triant. Tri- cool. I mean, they'll probably have to come in right away and have success after losing Eno Benjamin and Brandon Ayuk. And Kyle Williams, and I mean, I think they have solid play calling. Uh, Jane Daniels, with Jane Daniels, and their play calling, they'll probably. I think they can overcome it. Uh, there's a lot of losses on both sides of the, both sides of the ball. I'm hesitant to put them at nine and three, but yeah, I think eight and four for them.
2: Um. Yeah, I have them at eight and four. Also, and I pretty much you said it best with yeah. This this is Jane and Daniels, and I I wonder to see how much success he'll have without Ayuk and without Benjamin. But I still think he's a really good quarterback. So I think he can make the receivers around him better. Um, One big thing is they lose their entire offensive line. So replacing that is going to be really interesting. I don't trust them to win nine games. But, I mean, if they get a lucky one, maybe. But I just I don't think, you know, after losing your star wide receiver and your star running back that, no, your entire O-line, that uh, they'll be a 9-1 team, so I have them at
3: 8-4. Yeah, I agree with Ish. So I have them 8-4 too. Losing that entire O-line and losing Benjamin's tough, but I think Jaden Daniels is really good, and they have those two uh, four-star uh, freshmen coming in um, to replace Benjamin, so I think uh, if they can step up, they can definitely win eight games.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you guys touched on it. They basically lost... Um, the starters at almost every single position on offense besides at quarterback with Jane Daniels. And that's going to be awful for their offense. But I think Jane Daniels will be able to um, turn this offense into an at least decent one with poor weapons around him. And I think their defense is one of the more underrated defenses. So I've actually, I actually have them at nine and three because I think the, but I think both their offense and defense will be, like neither will have to carry too much, and I think they'll be good enough to go nine and
0: three. All right, uh, at one I have USC. I think they have a really, really good offense. Uh, Keaton Slovis, you get Amon Ross, St. Brown back, Tyler Vaughn, Drake London, Kyle Ford, and Bro McCoy. And I mean, all, losing Austin Jackson and Michael Pittman's pretty big, <laughs> but I mean, that run game will definitely have to improve. Having 3.3 3 yards per carry last season. <laughs> And you bring back Jay Tufili and Drake Johnson, and I just think there's a lot of talent. I think they could go ten and two, but uh, I don't know. I think if they get, I think they could definitely win one that they shouldn't. They shouldn't win, so I think ten and two.
2: Yeah, I got them at ten and two. Also, so uh, it'll be interesting to see them in Oregon play uh, if our predictions do come true. Uh, Yeah, as you touched on, pretty much. Most of it, losing Pittman is big. Losing Austin Jackson as your tackle is big. Um, Keaton Slovis is a really good quarterback, and he's accompanied with the top wide, one of the top wide receiving cores in the nation. So, um, I think this, I think this team is really good. I think they'll be able to uh, destroy most of the other teams in the Pac-12, and then that that game against Oregon will be will be a fun one to watch. And I think it'll be a preview for the Pac-12 championship game later on.
3: Yeah, no, I really like Keaton Slovis. I think he's really good. I mean he lose Mike he loses Michael Pitt Pittman, but I mean he still has Brown, Vons, uh London, Ford and McCoy who are all really good receivers. Um yeah, I think they could win that win a game that they shouldn't, but I could also see them losing uh a game that they shouldn't. So I have them nine and three.
1: Yeah, I I'm not too confident in their defense, but um, they don't lose too much, so I think it should be fine. And I think their offense will be able to carry them with one of the better offenses in the Pac-12 to a 10-2 and record.
0: All right. Uh, that was our a... North and south. And now I will get my top ten players like I always do.
3: Guys.
0: All right. So at number ten, I... Saint Brown, wide receiver out of USC, uh 77 receptions, 1042 yards and 6 touchdowns. At number 9, I have uh Keaton Slobus, quarterback USC. I mean, he could definitely be higher on this list, but I I think there's a lot of defensive guys that are are I'm um, that are really good and really talented in the Pac-12 and I feel like he needs to show a lot more to be a top five player in the Pac-12. Eight, I have Brant Kuth, tight end out of Utah. He's going to have to will this offense. Uh, 34 receptions, 602 yards, six touchdowns, and 17.7 yards per catch. Really good tight end out of Utah. Uh, number seven, I have Michael Wright, corner out of Oregon. He had 21 tackles, four pass breakups, one interception, and he had two kickoff return touchdowns. Really, really athletic corner, and really, really good player. At number six, I have Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, D-end out of Oregon, 35 total touchdowns, uh, nine sacks, one forced fumble as a true freshman. At uh, five, I have Thomas Graham, corner out of Oregon, actually had 64 tackles, one forced fumble, and two interceptions, and 10 pass breakups. He'll just add to that insane secondary of Oregon. At four, I have Elijah Molden, corner out of Washington. 49 solo tackles, three force fumbles, four INTs, and 12 pass breakups. Really, really good player. At three, I have Jaden Daniels. As we said before, basically the entire team of Arizona State at this point. Last year, he had 2,943 yards and 17 touchdowns in the air, 355 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Two, I have Javon Holland, corner out of Oregon. Last year, forty solo tackles, four interceptions, four pass breakups, and sixty-six total tackles. Uh, this guy's really, really good. Um, just like watching him play, and man, this secondary is going to be really, really fun this this season. One, uh, this might come as a shock to a lot of people, but I have a tackle. I have Panay Suell. Tackle out of Oregon, really, really good player, and definitely could be a top five pick in the draft. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I think he's a, yeah, he's a really, really yes. good player. So yeah, that's my top ten. <sighs> Any comments? None from guy. me. It was good. That's good. All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. This was the College Football Pod episode four. And uh thank you all again and see
2: ya.